Welcome to the Fairview Baptist Church Discipleship Podcast. This is a resource designed to help the covenant members of Fairview Baptist Church carry out our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Joshua Johnston. Today, I'm joined once again by Mike Keelan. Welcome. Welcome to you, folks. Well, uh, Mike, last week we started a series on spiritual disciplines, uh, and we were walking through Don Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. So, Joshua, uh, let's, just, let's not assume everybody knows who this guy is. Tell us a little bit about Don Whitney. Well, I, I think if he was going to describe himself, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make some assumptions, but I, I think he would describe himself as a pastor first, um, but he's also a professor of biblical spirituality and a associate dean at Southern Baptist Theological uh, Seminary. And uh, not too long ago, uh, he had uh, released a new book, and uh, Dr. Al Mohler, who serves as the president there, uh, he presented him with the very first copy, and uh, it stuck out to me because uh, here you have Dr. Moeller, uh, who is this esteemed president of the seminary, uh, he said of Don Whitney, he was like the pastor of the staff. He was the pastor among pastors. And so uh, I think first and foremost, he's just a wonderful Christian leader who saw the need to write about the disciplines that he loves so much. Yeah, that's that's great. And I noticed that uh, G.I. Packer writes the forward, and, and in that forward, he, he urges folks to read the book three times through with only taking a month's break between them. Yeah, I think I think that's wise. Um, so let's let's dive in because we've got a lot to talk about today. Um, so Mike, why don't you start by reminding us what spiritual disciplines are and and why we do them in the first place? Well, just by way of a little bit of review, according to Whitney, uh, spiritual disciplines are those practices which are found in Scripture. Keep that in mind. We're talking about things which are found in the Word of God that promote spiritual growth among believers in the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's an aim. The aim is spiritual maturity or growth in in spiritual maturity. We might call them habits of devotion or patterns of life practices. Um, These are both personal and they are interpersonal. Uh, We'll be focusing primarily on the personal ones, but the interpersonal interpersonal disciplines are those things that we, we do corporately as a body of Christ, like administration of the Lord's Supper or to the practice of baptism or corporate prayer. We do them together, uh, but there are the personal ones that we do individually, and we'll spend most of our time there. And we do them for the purpose. First Timothy 4, 7 says, discipline yourself. Why? For the purpose of godliness. In fact, that's a subtitle of each one of the chapters in the book, for the purpose of godliness. And that's why we practice these spiritual disciplines, that we might become godly, Christ-like disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. So Joshua, today we're going to be looking at our first of these spiritual disciplines. Uh, why don't you tell the audience what it is and why we start there? Sure. So uh, we're starting with biblical intake, which is uh, where Whitney starts as well. And these are the practices like 
um, hearing God's word preached on Sunday, uh, reading it in your morning devotion, meditating on it, memorizing it, and then applying the, applying it rightly to our lives. Uh, and I believe that we start here, um, in short, because it's it's the most important of all the spiritual disciplines. In fact, Whitney says there is no substitute for it. Uh, and he goes on to say that there's simply no healthy Christian life apart from a, that of a, a, a diet of milk and meat of Scripture. Now, I know, Joshua, from, from a lifetime of experience as a, as a, a born-again believer, that, that when I, whenever I fail in this area, I fail flounder in my spiritual life shrinks. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I would agree with you and Whitney, uh, because Scripture is the means in which we know God. Uh, God reveals himself through his word. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson, who is uh, a great Scottish theologian, he said that Scripture is like a working museum of which the Spirit is the curator. Uh, the Spirit shows up and he shows you around explaining the wonders of the mind of the Maker. And in this museum, we are taken uh, behind the scenes to learn from God Himself. And so, therefore, there is no substitute for the discipline of Bible study and scripture reading and meditation. We can't bypass the handbook of God uh, has given us uh, and then expect that we can know him in our own way. In fact, if we do that, the only God that we can know uh, in our own way is the God that we make in our own image. And so... Uh, we start with our Bible intake because it's so important, and also because Bible intake, it serves as a reservoir which feeds all of our other disciplines. In fact, one great pastor put it this way, all, gra- all graces grow as love of the Word of God grows. And so our time in the Word, it impacts the manner and the way in which we pray, we fast, we engage in the mission of Jesus Christ, and so on and so on. And so, Mike, in light of that, will you talk to us just about one way that we can intake God's Word? Well, uh, Whitney starts with the, in- the intake uh, by listening. Uh, we normally think of the intake of God's Word. We jump right into uh, Bible reading, and we'll get there. But uh, he, he starts off with listening. So that's the most simple method. It's the regular practice of hearing God's Word that occurs through preaching and teaching. But not just any kind of preaching and teaching, but rather faithful, faithful preaching and teaching the Word of God. So, Mike, um, in you. Uh, in your words, uh, what is faithful preaching and teaching? Well, first, we're talking about attention to and being absorbed in a regular teaching, such as in a class or a course that one might take in the Bible. And we're also and primarily concerned with preaching, sitting under the pulpit ministry of God's shepherd. But we must, we must have discernment here because not all preaching is the same. Faithful preaching involves structuring or building the sermon around the biblical text rather than the preacher's thoughts. Uh, The surest way to ensure that this is occurring is through what we call expositional preaching. Now, would you elaborate on that? What is uh, expositional preaching? Boy, am I glad you asked, because (laughs) as I love expositional preaching, it's what I look for first in determining where I worship and who I listen to. Alistair Begg, who, by the way, is a great expository preacher. That's right. Alistair Begg defined uh, expository preaching this way. He said it is 
and I'm quoting, unfolding the text of Scripture in such a way that it makes contact with the listener's world while exalting Christ and confronting them with the need for action. Mm. End quote. That's both the unfolding of the Scriptures and the making of the application. Uh, one of my former pastors organized his sermons around wigs and water. Wigs and water. Well, by that he meant first, wigs, W-I-G-S. What is God saying? Mm. And uh, that's the expositional part. And then the second is water, W-A-T-E-R. What are the expected responses to what God is saying? And that's the application section. Um, So we should all be thankful here at Fairview that that's the kind of preaching we get each week from Pastor Matt. Amen? Amen. And so, for those listening, one of their action items must be responding to this question. Are you regularly hearing God's Word preached? If the answer is no, then the issue is not availability. I mean, our church provides a biblical feast each Sunday. Rather, it's most likely your lack of attention to the preaching and preaching things that happen every week, the big the pre- preaching event, which is our morning service, and you need to do something about that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Josh, uh, Joshua, what else can we do to uh, get more of the Bible into ourselves other than listening to bi- biblical preaching and teaching? Well, uh, in addition to that, uh, we are to read God's Word. In fact, to this, there is no substitute. Uh, Again, according to Whitney, and really according to God's Word, uh, we find in Scripture how how to live in a way that is pleasing to God, uh, as well that is best and most fulfilling to our lives. Uh, None of this uh, eternally essential information that's found in the Bible is found anywhere else. Uh, Therefore, if we... Uh, if we are to know God and to be godly, uh, then we must be in the Word, and we must be in the Word intimately. Mm. And here's the thing, Mike. Uh, I believe that people know this. Like, Christians know they are to read their Bibles, yet many don't. And then they wonder why their personal devotion lives seem dry. Joshua, that's a good point. It is something that probably... Every Christian at some point struggles with. So, so what do you tell that person who struggles to find the motivation to read the Word of God on a regular basis? Well, I think first, and, um, and I really believe most importantly, I would say return to your first love. Like, remember who God is and what God has accomplished. So return to the gospel and then remind yourself of the gospel. Like, not just one time, but every day, multiple times per day, over and over again. Every time that you pick up God's word, remind yourself of of the gospel. Really? Really? How, How does reminding ourselves of the gospel help with this discipline of Bible reading? I believe it it gets you refocused and even serves as the motivation. So, like, think about this with me. Like, God took your wretched soul that was deserving of death, and then he offered you in his grace and in his mercy that in which you do not deserve. And then at the same time, he withholds from you that in which you do deserve. And in so, he takes uh, from our Bible reading today, wretched children and he adopts them as his own. Mm. Now, how can you hear that 
and then not be drawn to wanting to know more about our great and majestic God. Uh, Jerry Bridges, who is a wonderful, uh, was a wonderful discipler of men uh, connected to the Navigator ministry, he wrote, perhaps we should stop talking about being faithful to having quiet time with God each day, as if we're doing something to earn reward. Uh, it would be better instead to talk about the privilege of spending time with God, the God of this universe, and the importance for our own sake of being consistent in the practice. And so perhaps the first thing we need to do is have a new perspective on Bible reading. And then the second thing I would say is to pray that God would awaken your desire to know Him better. Uh, Psalm 119.18, it says, Open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things uh, of your law. Um, Whenever I start my daily reading, I start by reading this passage here because I believe it is a biblical prayer, both literally, it's from the Bible, uh, but it's also the type of prayers that we are to pray. It says, God, I want to know you, so please reveal yourself to me. And I believe that it's prayers like this that God answers. And so first, I believe we need a new perspective. Uh, Second, we need to pray. And then finally, I would tell them to read anyways, to be obedient to reading your Bibles. And I'm not talking about just a, a few minutes a day or a few minutes here or there. I'm talking about committing to the belief that God will use that time in the Word to work out sanctification in your life. And, you know, Mike, it's interesting because I will hear people say um, that the Bible has become um, dry to them or that they know certain books of the Bible so well that they get nothing new out of this. And Mm. uh, you and I both know that this is foolish. Uh, In fact, uh, I agree with C.S. Lewis, who says, nobody ever outgrows scripture. Uh, The book only widens and deepens with our years. And so my advice to them is you need to spend even more time in the word. And uh, if you aren't excited after reading for 20 minutes, or you don't have anything that sticks out to you, then you probably need to read more, or really, you need to read that passage again. And then if you still don't feel moved by it, you need to read it again a second time. And then if you still don't feel moved by it, read it again and again and again. Amen. And and I might add, Joshua, but there's a freshness to be found in reading very familiar passages in a different modern translation. It will begin to jar you, and you'll see things that Mm. you didn't see in the previous uh, version that you used. Uh, uh, Absolutely. So uh, at this point, we're we're listening to faithful teaching and preaching. Uh, We're reading our word. Uh, Mike, what's next? Oh, so in, in... Inputting the Word of God, intaking the Word of God. The third thing we're looking at here is meditation on God's Word. Meditation. Uh, this is often misunderstood uh, when you come to the biblical aspect or the biblical understanding of meditation. Uh, when many of us hear the word meditation, their first thought of the, is emptying our minds of all things and finding ourselves in a state of nothingness, sort of like sitting on the floor with our legs crossed, our arms out, and and we're saying over and over again, oh, oh. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here. The type of meditation that the Bible speaks of is one of reflection on God's word, who God is, and what God has done. And it's not about emptying one's mind, but rather 
the very opposite. It's filling one's mind with the things of God for the purpose of understanding and application and then speaking it back to God in prayer. So there's, there's a second time around aspect to meditation. We read the Word of God the first time in a chunk, and then we recall it and think about bits and pieces of it. It's often compared to bovine rumination. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, uh, I'm going to have to stop you there. Uh, I'm not a doctor, um, and so Dr. Mike, I'm going to need you to explain that one to us. Actually, you need a vet- veterinarian's degree on this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, bovine rumination is cows, uh, the way they digest their food. They take their hay in in big chunks. Okay. It goes into one stomach, and they do it rather rapidly. And then they go out in the field and spend lots of time bringing it back up bits and pieces and chewing it and chewing it and getting all the good stuff out of it. And it goes back into another stomach to make the application to their lives. You know what? It may not be too appetizing to you, but that's really what's happening when a person meditates in the Word of God. <laughs> so, um, so while we're reading, um, we're reading the Word of God, um, it's, it's wonderful the Word of God is, and we need to read it and meditate on it, meditate on it every time we have our time with God. Now, earlier, Joshua, you mentioned people feeling stale about their Bible reading. Now, perhaps they should spend more time meditating. The great Puritan Thomas Watson once said, and I quote, the reason we come away so cold from reading the word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fires of meditation. Mm. Mm. That's beautiful. Not long ago, we, we had a men's breakfast at church. In fact, it was last Saturday. And, and Barry Britt uh, who uh, shared a message from the word of God. And he told a sweet story about his mom. And, and I'm watching Barry tell this. And he said that uh, as a child, he saw his mother read the Bible every day. And then she would close her eyes, put her head back, and she would spend about 30 minutes, he said, just meditating upon what she had just read and taking it all in. And we, he said we, we knew not, not to bother her because she was with God at that time. And, you know, folks, we need that. Yes. Christians who are listening to this, we need to meditate and to ponder and reflect on God's great word. And may I add that meditation doesn't necessarily need to be exclusively uh, a Lone Ranger thing. Mm-hmm. We can get with somebody else and meditate together. So what did you get out of this? And, and, and together rejoice and talk about and meditate together. So, Joshua, we have one more. We talked about listening to the preaching and teaching. We've, uh, we've talked about reading the Word of God. And we've talked about meditation. Is there something else that Whitney brings out? Well, he does, and I believe it's connected to meditating on God's Word, and that's memorizing God's Word. Mm. Um, as the wonderful Christian author Nancy DeMoss, uh, who Pam McCall is a huge fan of, um, she says that one of the most valuable aids to meditation is Scripture memorization. In fact, uh, she says when she encounters someone who is battling discouragement or depression, she'll often ask them one of two questions— are you singing to the Lord, and are you memorizing Scripture? And she believes with these two ex- ex- exercises, though they're not like some magical formula to make all the problems go away, they do have this incredible power to change perspective and attitudes towards issues that people uh, are facing. Yeah, Joshua, 
By the way, just as a side right there, I, I noticed that uh, Nancy DeMoss says that uh, you should be singing as well as memorizing. And singing is not something that Whitney mentioned in his book, but it's a great <laughs> biblical discipline. Yes. So we might come back to that later on. So um, many people will say that they're, they're just not capable of memorizing. What do you tell them? Well, on a podcast, when I'm not looking them into the face uh, or looking into their face, uh, I can be a tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I can say, look, um, I actually do uh, believe that it, it is harder for some people to memorize than others. Uh, but I actually believe that it's hard work for all people. And let me add to that, that it's also good work. So scripture memorization, it is hard work for sure, but it's also good and worthy work. Now, take my oldest daughter, Ruth. Uh, she's in a discipleship group with your wife, Linda. Mm -hmm. um, this year, she has already completed the church memorization plan of Matthew chapter 5 through 7. Oh, she did that. the whole thing? She did that a few months back. Wow. Um, so she has just now finished Philippians uh, in addition to that. The whole book? The whole book. My word. <laughs> she's going to take a brief break to, to focus more on um, you know tightening up her... Um, uh, her, her memory of those um, passages, but before the end of the year, she plans on tackling James. Now, for most folks, they'll hear that and they'll say, well, she has a young mind, so she's just a sponge. Now, I do believe that's true, but I also think um, that's like a discredit to her because she works extremely hard at it. She has a committed plan that she follows, and then she believes that scripture memorization serves a purpose. I also believe if she can do it, and if I can do it, and Mike, if you can do it, so can others. Um, in fact, Whitney gets to this point, um, I think, very poignantly. He says, what if I offered you $1,000 for every verse you could memorize in the next seven days? Do you think your attitude towards scripture memory and your ability to memorize would improve? <laughs> uh, he, he rightly points out, though, that any financial reward would be minimal when compared to the accumulating value of the treasure of God's Word deposited within your mind. And so we have to come from this standpoint that Scripture memorization is important, and then we need to commit ourselves to this wonderful task. So, Joshua, you said that you memorize the Word of God. Uh, do you have a process that you go through? Do you have some, some hints for us? Well, you know, I've tried different things along the way. Um, I believe that there are wonderful apps out there like uh, the Fighterverse app or the Verses app that offer activities and, and songs and things like that to aid in memorization. Um, but as I kind of survey... Um, the history of me memorizing scripture, what has consistently worked best uh, is just an older, an older model of taking an index card, writing the reference on one side, flipping it over, writing the Bible verse on that, and, and just working through it day after day after day. I'll work on it in the morning, usually first thing, even before I pray and read the word. Uh, and the reason I do this is because it ends up informing my prayers, so God's Word ends up be, becoming my prayer, uh, and then it makes the rest of the Scripture come alive, and then I repeat the process throughout the day, uh, and each time I try to say it word perfect five times, 
and then ideally I'll work on that passage plus other passages um, for seven to nine weeks so it moves into uh, my long-term memory. Hmm. Now, uh, Mike, I know that you have also memorized Scripture, and so what about you? What's your process? Well, I do it out loud. Uh, I find I find that if I try to do this just in my head, it's not as very it's not as as, as impactful and memorable as if I hear my own voice uh, reciting these verses. So I do it out loud, and I repeat, and I repeat, and I repeat. Uh, I don't think that I do it a specific number of times like you do. I'm not, I'm not counting them off, but I do re- repeat these verses a lot. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I think about the meaning hmm. of what I'm doing. It's hard to memorize nonsense. So try as you're memorizing scriptures to keep in mind what are these verses, what, what do these words mean, and how do they tie together? And I think that will help to the memorization process. Memorize short sections at first, and then keep adding to them until the entire section is committed to memory. And then be encouraged by, by how Often, the Holy Spirit brings to mind something that you've memorized some time ago. That's hiding God's Word in our hearts. And God promised that His Word will never be unfruitful. It will never be empty. Memorization is not a vain practice. Hmm, That's good. Well, Mike... um we're coming to a close uh, on this podcast, but for a and and we've done this throughout. But here at the end, let's get real practical for a moment. Um, let's say someone came up to you today or tomorrow and they said, "Hey, I, I heard the podcast and I realized I really haven't been in taking God's word like I should." Um, where where would you tell them to start? Well, that's probably describing. I would have to guess maybe at least half the folks who are listening to this podcast. So I would say pick up a Bible uh, reading, uh, excuse me, pick up a Bible reading plan. That's what I meant to say. Pick up a Bible reading plan. And by the way, I can really recommend the church's Bible reading plan. Not only is it helpful and well laid out, but it's the same others in our church are using. So uh, our, our local body is doing it together, and that's a great encouragement. And then set aside time daily to read the Word, being sure that you pray over each, each session of reading God's Word. Now, I know that there, we're actually only halfway through uh, reading the, the, the reading program for the church. And so someone like that would, would say, well, okay, can I just jump in at this point? I mean, shouldn't I go back to the beginning? No, I think they may get discouraged. If you want to stay with our church's Bible reading program and gain the benefit of, of working with our entire church body on this, just pick up where we are and uh, then worry less about completing a checklist and be more concentrated at enjoying the time with our Father and, and, and uh, knowing that He loves us and He cares for us and He's written that word for us as His love letter to us. Well, that's good. Uh, what else do you got? Well, and, and then I would say set yourself up for success. Uh, part of the reasons that people fail to succeed in the Bible reading program is because they fail to plan to succeed. Uh, so we need to make a plan. We need to know. We need to know where we're going uh, with our Bible reading program, and and when we're going to be reading it. Carve out that time so that you're not rushed. You know, I like the mornings. So ask God to kick you out of 
bed. <laughs> uh, it, like the verse we just read a while ago, open my eyes. Right. To be, you know, the part about open my eyes is get me up in the morning. That's right. um, get out of bed, for this is central discipline. You might say to yourself, no Bible, no breakfast. Mm. You know, no Bible, no breakfast. And that, that has driven me out of bed many times, that one little thing there. And if you're going to have your devotion in the morning, which I recommend, then set the things you need at that spot where you're going to have your devotions, your Bible, a pen, a highlighter, a notebook, whatever you use for your devotion time. And then the last thing I'll add is involve others in the process. Let your family know uh, that uh, during that time that you're focused on your personal devotion time, please don't interrupt it. And then invite others to hold you accountable and to ask you how that time is going. That's powerful motivation. Mike, that's a good word. Um, and so uh, as we come to a close, um, like last time, let me, uh, let me close this in prayer. Um, most gracious Heavenly Father, um, oh God, I thank you for your word. Uh, I thank you that you have... Uh, given us your word uh, in in your grace you've given us your word um, I thank you that we can read it and we can get to know you and we can um, see all these wonderful things that you have done and uh, we can see uh, the love that you have for your people through the sending of your son Jesus um, Father we thank you that um, though we deserve wrath you have offered us grace and mercy um, and I pray, um, God, that um, just in light of that, um, that it would give us a desire uh, to, to read your word and to know you even more and to know more about what you've done and what, what you promise you will do. Um, Father, I pray for um, the church members of Fairview. Um, I pray that there would be many distinguishing marks of our church but I pray one of those, God, would be a great and a deep love of your word. I pray that for all of us, that we would grow in our knowledge and understanding of you, that we would faithfully read your word, uh, that we would hide your word in our hearts, and certainly that we would meditate and ponder it, uh, be changed by it, uh, and then we would go out and proclaim your good word to the world around us. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, Mike, that's all the time we've got. Um, and so what can our audience expect uh, on the next podcast? Well, uh, the next discipline we're going to take up, spiritual discipline, is going to be the one on prayer. Good, good. Wonderful. Um, well, we've got one last question. Oh, my. Um, so here we go. Um, everybody wants to know, um, so that I guess maybe they can buy you something. Uh, what's, what's your favorite microwavable food? Popcorn. Popcorn. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. I, as a matter of fact, I, I do, I do stovetop popcorn. I really like that, but it takes more time. If yeah. I'm in a hurry and I'm, and I'm going to, uh, watch something on the, on the tube or whatever, and I want a quick snack, uh, throwing a bag of microwave popcorn, especially the really buttery stuff yeah. is so good. 
Well, you know, you said that, and uh, the reason I responded the way that I did was, you know, I, I wrote the question, or uh, I got the question, and uh, I have been racking my brain all day, and I, I had come to the conclusion that I just don't like microwavable food. In my head, I picture a Hot Pocket, hmm. um, but my friend, you have named the one food uh, that that is great, uh, although uh, in our household, we are a kettle corn, uh, popcorn family, but anyways... Uh, I think we could still be friends. Uh, sure. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mike, thank you for joining me today. And um, church family, until next time, may we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.